Welcome to GSO in the Know. Terrell here bringing you the last episode in our election series where we sit down with field director for the Carolina Federation, Gabriel Gold Hodgkins, where we talk about the wins that we gained across North Carolina and how the Federation is looking to use their grassroots organizing to continue expanding their people power across the state. I am joined with Emily Record. Hi, Emily. How is your Thanksgiving? It's good. Um, I will be spending Thanksgiving solo, uh, which is a little bit sad, but um, fortunately we'll be back to work the next day, so I'll be busy. So that'll be good. Oh, wow. You don't get any rest, it doesn't sound like. We have a longer break for in, the, in December, um, but we don't want to send people home for Thanksgiving, so I'd much rather be busy if not allowed to travel anyway. Speaking about being happy... Um, we're here talking about post-election uh, wins and loses. Um, how are you feeling about the wins? I'm just going to go ahead and get the, 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 the big win out of the way. Biden winning the presidency um, was such a relief <laughs> for me personally. Um, because, yeah, we don't have to deal with a racist bigot anymore. Yeah, I definitely share your relief with Biden. I'm sadder that it was sort of as close as it was. But I think within Guilford County, I'm pretty excited with the county commission races. And I think that it, it bodes really well for, for our future there. And um, that's, that's exciting to see what will happen this next next year. Yes. Yeah. Um, for folks tuning in who might not follow so closely, we here in Guilford County won all three of our county commissioner races for districts four, five, and six for much more progressive candidates than the Republican counterparts they are replacing. So that has just been a really exciting thing um, that, you know, we, we were a part of. And just um, that just feels really amazing to be making change for folks around us. And post-election, I haven't really got to like fully celebrate. Uh, I've been working with Guilford for All to bring folks who volunteered with the organization around the election into house. Um, and we held our first People's Platform meeting, which is all about like getting folks kind of on a coordinated path on when it uh, issues around health, environment, housing, and trying to use that to steer our elected officials to govern for us. Um, this is a way to help us govern with them. But it also gives us this opportunity to build this platform to where we can start running candidates on, which I'm super excited to see um, uh, take place in 2021 and 2022. Yeah, I'm really glad you are doing that, Terrell. Post-election, I have not been involved in any direct action. Just been following the results and the recounts via various podcasts. And I think that I'm really excited to to continue working on this podcast, which I know we'll talk a little bit about later. Um, and since I'm not currently living in Guilford County, I'm a little bit removed there, but I'm sort of excited to get back Um back to it in 2021. 
Oh, yes, trust. We will still have room for you at the table as we keep this work going. But we want to go ahead and dive into our interview with the field director for the Carolina Federation, Gabriel Gold Hodgkind, and kind of sit there um, and dive more into these wins and what exactly we achieved across the state. So let's head over there. So I have with me today the field director for the Carolina Federation, Gabriel Gold Hawkins. How are you doing, my friend? I am good. I'm good. How are you? Doing good. We have officially made it to the other side of the election. Um, We only have one race that is waiting on a recount here in North Carolina, but for the most part, we can celebrate. So I brought you on to say, what can we celebrate? What wins can folks um, celebrate across North Carolina? Um, What did we win this year? Um, And it's actually, um, there have been some really, really impressive victories that are really clearly because of organizing. Um, And I'm going to focus on the ones here in North Carolina. So right here in Guilford County um, were some of our biggest victories uh, in the Carolina Federation, certainly. Uh, and some of our closest victories as well. Um, this year, Guilford for All um, was really, uh, had started the year actually mounting various campaigns, um, especially around making sure our public schools are properly funded and safe, um, and around um, redirecting resources away from policing um, and towards actually like supporting our communities. Um, and, uh, and, in all of these campaigns and all of their struggles, Guilford for All consistently ran up against the conservative majority in the county commission, um, which blocked all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, that one wouldn't think should be partisan issues, but were um, stuff like, hey, we should provide funding for our schools so that the facilities can be safe for kids. Um, and uh, that really had repercussions, right? Like going into covid um, there were tons of kids who did not have laptops at home um, and couldn't join online schools um, because the school board or because the county commission had voted down um, providing funding. Um, and so uh, that hurt our communities, that um, hurt equity in our schools, um, that hurt the quality of education in this county. Um, and Guilford for All said, actually, let's do something about it. We have uh, you know, they have organized money, but we have organized people. Um, let's start organizing. Um, so they focus really hard on flipping a few county commission seats. There were three seats in Guilford County um, that were uh, that were up for re-election this year that they focused on. Uh, county Commission 4, 5, and 6. Um, Guilford for all endorsed candidates in all three. Um, and uh, in particular, District 4 was, was their really core focus um, because district four um, we were up against one of uh, one of our, you know, most kind of horrible (laughs) opponents, Alan Branson, um, who was kind of just all around a schoolyard bully. And uh, up against him, we had Mary Beth Murphy, who um, is maybe one of our most movement aligned candidates in the state. She's uh, an educator. Um, She comes out of movement work. She's highly aligned with our, 
core principles at the Federation um, of, you know, building multiracial democracy, um, taking on corporate power. And um, we thought it was a long shot. Um, it was a long shot. Branson won by thousands and thousands of votes last time around. Um, and Mary Beth Murphy uh, was kind of uh, an up and coming new candidate in a district that has a reputation for being conservative. Um, and you all uh, organized like hell. You know, you were out there, you know, usually six days a week, you know, really, really long hours during get out the vote, constantly making calls, especially in District 4. Um, folks were out on the doors every weekend. Um, I know the the times that I came out and knocked doors in District 4, um, I really got a sense that uh, when you actually talk with people and ask what they want to see change, nine times out of 10, um, people were pissed off about the way things were being run in the county right now. Um, and people care deeply about education and about making sure that uh, that their kids or their neighbors' kids had access to a quality education. Um, and so uh, the major victories in Guilford County uh, were that, um, number one, we flipped the county commission. We didn't just flip it, um, but we actually flipped it from a 5-4 conservative majority to a 7-2 uh, uh, pro progressive majority. All three of our endorsed races we won. Um, and in District 4, our hardest fought one, the one where we directed the most of our uh, energies. Uh, Mary Beth Murphy won by just 70 votes. Um, and so let's be really, really clear about that, right? That's, there is literally no way of construing that is not because of you, not because of you and every volunteer who was out there, every organizer who was out there um, day in, day out. Um, because, and I pulled these numbers right before this conversation, um, in District 4, we got 1,354 positive IDs for Mary Beth Murphy. 1,354 people at the end of one of our conversations said, yes, I will vote for Mary Beth Murphy. Mary Beth won by 70 votes. So it's really clear cut. If it weren't for all of those conversations we had, we would not have won that race. We had those conversations. We did the hard work of organizing. We listened to people. We moved people. We agitated people and we won. Um, I also want to lift up another race in Guilford County that um, we haven't talked about as much, but that we also uh, won uh, by a similar, similarly close margin, which was the school board race in um, in District Five. Uh, the school board, I want to like note, right? Um, you know, one of one of my roommates is an educator, and she was like just sitting in on the Durham County uh, school board uh, meeting yesterday. And uh, the school board has a lot of power right now, in particular, to determine whether our teachers and our kids have to go back to school in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and uh, that's been highly contested in every county. It's been highly contested in Guilford. Um, and uh, we endorsed, again, a very movement-aligned candidate for school board in District 5, uh, Deborah Knapper, um, against a Republican. Um, and she was in a very tough race. Um, and... Uh, you know, is is going to be close, is going to be down to the wire. And actually the Guilford for All steering committee members um, really pushed us to make sure that we were talking about Deborah Knapper on the phones. And it was absolutely the right call. Um, we wound up winning that race um, by uh, 147 votes. And we got, as a field operation, 715 positive IDs for Deborah Knapper. So similar deal. 
um, we won by a lower margin than the total number of supporters we identified and turned out. Um, so clear cut, if we hadn't organized there, or if we hadn't put in that work, we would not have won that race. Um, so those are the beginnings of kind of some really good signs of local organizing. Do you want me to touch on some of the statewide stuff as well? Yeah, I, I want people to hear about like, not just here in Guilford County, what other races have we like connected with and helped to uh, win in those places? Yeah, so the statewide outcomes were more mixed and iffy, and there were some real disappointments um, at the state level. Um, I think one thing to note is that because this was our first time um, running a field program statewide, you know, bringing the, all the power we built to the ballot box statewide, um, and because we started uh, kind of rightly after all of our chapters had been built, we came in at a point in the cycle where actually we weren't able to run our own candidates. Um, we weren't able uh, to, you know, push for a platform or alignment in the primaries. Um, and so we had to make a lot of strategic endorsements in this general election that I'm hopeful in future years um, we'll be able to have more of an influence and, and actually run our own candidates who are aligned with our politics, who aren't just, you know, uh, lesser evils. Um, but that said, um, we did have some important victories um, across the state and some races that are still too close to call. Uh, so I want to lift up in New Hanover County, which is uh, another of our counties with, uh, with a chapter. Um, our team was similarly just really, really working incredibly hard out there, um, you know, building community power, knocking on doors, making calls, having one-to-ones. Um, and New Hanover County uh, went for Democrats uh, at the, in the presidential, in the gubernatorial, for the first time in 44 years. Um, the last time New Hanover County voted for a Democratic presidential candidate, I believe, was Jimmy Carter. Um, and uh, the turnout in New Hanover County increased by uh, 20,000 votes um, compared with 2016. Um, so that alone was a major accomplishment. And I think uh, our field team and uh, our regional organizer there um, and uh, all of the volunteers who are out deserve uh, an immense amount of credit for that. Um, and uh, I think similarly school board, right? Uh, the school board in New Hanover County has been weighing, do we, don't we go back to in-person schools? You know, how do we protect our people in a pandemic? Um, and we endorsed, and, and also in New Hanover County, um, it's uh, the, the schools in New Hanover County continue to be uh, pretty segregated. Uh, and so a lot of our folks are really pushing to make sure that we can have equal uh, schooling in New Hanover County. And so um, we endorsed two school board candidates in this election, actually one Democrat and one Republican, because that Republican happened to be more aligned with our values than uh, some of the other candidates running. Um, and those two candidates were the top two vote getters. The, I believe the top three vote getters get onto the school board. Um, our two candidates were the first and second. Um, vote getters in the in the county. Um, similar deal. I do not think that would have happened without our field team's extremely hard work there. Um, without the mailers we sent out for those candidates and our you know real shoe leather organizing. Um, 
finally statewide. So uh, we actually, the outcomes in the state Senate and state legislature and the U.S. Senate were not what we would have wanted. Um, and we should be really, really clear about that. Uh, in other states, I want to note Georgia, Arizona, um, Pennsylvania, uh, they've been organizing for about a decade um, and they saw the, the results of that. So I think we want to be like Georgia, we want to be like Arizona. We want to keep building, um, building actually on the ground power so we can transform this state. But in the short term, um, we weren't there yet statewide. Um, however, the top of the ticket race that we focused the most on, Sherry Beasley, um, who, uh, if reelected, uh, would uh, be the first uh, black woman to serve as chief justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court. Um, she is highly aligned with us, um, has taken on racist gerrymandering, um, has stood up for tenants, uh, is really a movement candidate. Um, and uh, we did a ton of work for Sherry Beasley's race. We were calling for her from the very beginning. Um, and we, uh, at the end of the day, are seeing this race still too close to call. Um, weeks and weeks after election day, it's still too close to call. Um, and at the moment, newbie, the Republican leads by 407 votes. And it's still in a recount right now, correct? That's right. Um, it is still in a recount. Um, and uh, I believe Sherry Beasley's team has challenged um, has challenged uh, some of these uh, some of the absentee ballots that got rejected. Um, so it's still in a recount. It's still in litigation. It's going to be really close. But I want to be clear about this as well. We got over 10,000 positive IDs for Sherry Beasley. We identified more than 10,000 supporters. Our Durham team, our Forsyth team, uh, Guilford and New Hanover as well, were grinding nonstop um, to get out the vote for Sherry Beasley. If she wins this, it will be because of your organizing. If she wins it, it will be a, by a margin, maybe a tenth or less of the number of positive IDs we got for her. Yeah, and not just my organizing, but like also the folks that we engaged that were either moved by what she stood for or moved by the people that would be affected by her being in office. So like, that's just really amazing to see, like getting that many engagements and people showing up to make these races so close in a lot of places. Like, it, it sounds like even though we're still in our infancy stage with the Federation, like comparisons to like Georgia and Arizona and Pennsylvania, like you were saying, we're still making real big strides here across the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that we are being able to lift these kind of people and these kind of candidates and this kind of work up. Uh, I'm curious of, you know, once we get into the new, the new year, you know, once election season is over, especially around a presidency election, people kind of drop off after the holidays and are that, that engagement kind of like dies down. So we help people get into these seats, but we don't really continue showing up um, like we should to make sure they're doing their job. So I'm curious as to how do we keep people engaged with their local candidates and make sure that they deliver on the campaign promises that they ran on and still show up for the community like they promised. So 
um, the first question about how do we keep our people engaged? Because that's like actually instrumental to any of this other stuff. We don't win without people power. Um, we don't win without movement. So um, what's, what I'm really proud of that we're doing, that I actually, you know, it's very, very rare for a campaign to do this. Um, most campaigns that I've been on really talk the talk of, you know, oh, we're in this for the long haul. We're trying to build a movement. We're trying to build long-term organization. You know, um, I remember uh, I remember that from volunteering on the 2012 Obama campaign. I remember that from working on the Bernie campaign in Iowa and Illinois. Um, we, we talk big talk about that. And I think it's, you know, sincere. It's not like it's in bad faith. Um, but structurally, those campaigns are gone the day after election day. Um, the cam campaign offices are boarded up. Um, many of the organizers are from out of state. They move on. Um, and all of the volunteers, all of the people, all of the leaders um, who became involved for the first time often because of this, I kind of left in the lurch um, with not a lot of structure or organization um, to actually turn those wins into long-term power. Um, so what I'm really proud that we're doing is actually tomorrow, um, last week in Guilford County, tomorrow in all of our other counties, um, we're actually having um, absorption events, essentially uh, events where we're asking in all of the leaders who got involved through uh, these past five months of organizing to win these elections. We're asking them into the struggle long-term, into the movement long-term. Um, and what that looks like uh, is, in many cases, a commitment to membership of our chapters, but also uh, a commitment to actually uh, a series of trainings, to actually um, trainings in leadership, trainings in political analysis of what the hell is going on in this country, in the state, how do we understand it, how do we make sense of it. Um, and so we're really committed to our people's leadership. We know that we only win in the long term um, if... Uh, if our people are able to step up and lead and bring more people in. Um, so that's kind of that first piece. And I think that'll look like the trainings over the next few months. That'll look like hopefully us getting back out on the doors, back out on, back on the phones, back talking to people, to actually get a real sense of what they want to see change. Um, on the second piece, on the question of how do we hold elected officials accountable and kind of more to the point, how do we get them to actually deliver? Um, how do we get them to actually govern? Um, I think Durham for all like charts the path really, uh, really well to how we can think about movement governance, how we can think about um, actually both supporting newly elected officials uh, when they're actually struggling and, and need support um, and need mass support to actually pass their agenda and uh, holding, uh, holding elected officials accountable to delivering. Um, I think, uh, you know, that requires starting by establishing a public relationship with those elected officials, not just, you know, not just, oh, this one member of our organization knows this person, you know, uh, it's, it's with them once a, once a month or whatever, but actually like we as an organization have this public relationship and you've made these public commitments to us and with us. Um, and uh, we did that in New Hanover County or rather our New Hanover County team did that uh, last week. Uh, I, was, I had the privilege of being able to sit in on that event and, uh, and listen to it. 
Um, and it was just so incredibly powerful to hear our volunteers, our organizers share out, hey, we knocked this many thousands of doors for you. This is what we're asking you. Will you commit to, uh, you know, making sure that our schools are equal um, and not segregated? Will you commit, uh, you know, to being in relationship with us for the long term, to meeting with our members? Uh, it was really kind of a, a, you know, powerful and cool thing to watch um, because uh, the elected officials on there were, for the most part, aligned, wanting to do right by our people. Um, and actually needing that push, needing support and accountability to make it happen. Um, and they made those commitments. Uh, you know, the, the chat was, you know, really alive. People were uh, asking all sorts of questions. All of our volunteers were chiming in um, with some very pointed and important questions for the elected officials. And um, that's what democracy looks like. Uh, is not just voting once every four years, but something deeper. And not even just pushing them to do the right thing, but having that conversation and, you know, making them show up to engage and hold their feet to the fire and them showing that they can take it because they want to make that change for their community. Yeah. That's kind of dope. I, I'm excited to see what that might look like here in Guilford County because that sounds quite spicy and uh, <laughs> definitely like it. So we've really seen like the power of grassroots organizing this election season with the Carolina Federation. I think um, if either you or Sandello has talked about like we have one of the biggest like grassroots efforts North Carolina has ever seen this year. I'm, I'm interested in like how you see, where do you see this, these efforts taking us in the future in races in 2021 and 2022? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the key like takeaways, learnings that I've had over the past four years is that the essential thing we have to build is, you know, is independent political. That uh, it's not enough to just, you know, work within the party. It's not enough to just run short term flash in the pan campaigns. We actually need to build our own organizations that run deep, that have a multiracial working class base, that are run by and accountable to our people, and that have a visionary platform and vision for where we go. So I think when you ask kind of where do we go over the next two years, over the next four years, I think it's all about building that independent political power. Um, so I think one initial step that we're already seeing going on in Guilford County in New Hanover County is actually crystallizing some of our vision into a platform, into a people's platform, into a concrete, what do we stand for? What do you as an elected official or um, as an aspiring elected official um, need to stand for in order for us to back you? Um, what do we need uh, out of our democracy? And so I think it starts with presenting a vision, presenting a program, um, it also starts with building a base. We need to be out there on the doors, actually talking to people, listening to people, um, building a multiracial working class movement, not just around election time, but all year round. Uh, so it looks like continuing to build a base. Um, and finally, it does look like actually continuing to and expanding our ability to win elections. Um, 
So I'm hopeful uh, that, you know, over the next couple of years, the what the elections are looking like, we're going to have uh, municipal elections in Durham County, New Hanover County, Guilford County uh, next fall. Um, we're going to have uh, the primaries for a state legislature and uh, and U.S. Senate, uh, among other things, uh, in the spring of 2022, and then the general elections for Congress, U.S. Senate, state legislature in the fall of 2022. That's kind of, except for the next six months, every half year from, from now until the end of 2022, there's some election going on. Um, so I'm hopeful that in the that by actually starting with building base by actually starting with building program presenting a vision um, that actually you know offers concrete change in people's lives healthcare for all housing for all justice for all um, that we can actually get to the point where we're running our own candidates running our own slates uh, and winning and winning governing power and actually accomplishing these platform points we're setting out to win yeah, I'm excited to see what that looks like to have some real aligned candidates coming straight out of um, out of house or in house, I should say. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for that. But right now, it's almost the holidays. We're going into Thanksgiving and all the winter holidays to just kind of take this time to unwind. And I'm just curious because we're not going to be thinking about politics hopefully for a couple of, a couple of weeks <laughs> hopefully we'll, we'll see um but i'm curious what holiday traditions are that you can't wait to take part in these uh as the year winds down yeah um well unfortunately i'm not going to be able to see my you know be in person with my family this thanksgiving there um up in massachusetts and so and i you know during a covid spike it's too risky uh to to go up and visit them and risk spreading but um i will be down here in north carolina i'm looking forward to at least getting on zoom with my family um maybe like doing some music together and uh getting a chance to relax go on hikes with my roommates yeah how about you? For me, I am ready for ham and the itis. Like nice. I am going to make a huge, I typically I take like a huge slice of ham and just smash it between some bread, just make mm. a nice ham sandwich. And then I like pass out on the couch uh, <laughs> while like all the kids are running around because I've taken in too much sodium. But, um, that to me, that's the tradition. Like a nice, just escape from everything, being around the family and enjoying good food and mostly good company. <laughs> Typically, and hopefully, and hopefully, not too much politics. Or <laughs> maybe you're moving. Maybe you're doing some deep canvassing at Thanksgiving. Well, Gabe, thank you so much. Um, like working with you all has been quite the honor of seeing what real power can look like for people and building that and having you folks there to mentor us as we move through that so thank you so much for the work that you're doing um and thank you for sitting down with me yeah well and, and i'm also feeling very grateful for your leadership terrell um and to have you continue to be with us organizing and building in this state um i think 
I think we're onto something. We're onto something. We're gonna keep flexing. We're gonna keep flexing. Well, Emily, that was quite the extensive interview. I, I'm, again, just hearing all the things that we accomplished, um, even though I work with them, but like hearing it again has just been really awesome. Like, it's really nice to see that kind of grassroots organizing in effect here. Totally. And I I really like how we talked about organizing people over organizing money. And I think that that's why um, we were so successful across the state of North Carolina. Yes, I am so sick of money. I I hate that it is something that's always like the focus of these campaigns. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like that he really focused on like the amount of people that we brought into this and that our efforts brought bared fruit. And I'm I'm really excited about building a people's platform again with Give Her For All, but I think with the other chapters as well, they're doing that and just getting folks ready to run on those and just like fingers crossed that it's just going to continue bearing us more fruit as we go into 2021 and 2022. Yeah. And like Gabe said, like you'll have people that you're, that are with you guys a hundred percent instead of um, people are sort of your just best options. So I think that'll be really exciting. Yeah. And with that, we are officially done with our election focused series, um, which I know Emily is super excited about. Uh, So as we go forward, um, we're going to be kind of shifting our focus on like issues and things. So as I said earlier, not only is this our last episode for our election series, this actually is our last episode for 2020. And we'll be taking a break until the new year. I'm really looking forward to speaking with people more about issues rather than just political races and getting out the vote. I don't want to give anything away, partly because we're still figuring things out as we go. Mm-hmm. We do have a couple of guests that I'm really excited to learn from regarding criminal justice reform and public health in Guilford County. Yes, I'm super excited for those conversations as well. In the meantime, we'll continue having conversations for the show that dive more into issues that affect everyday people and what work is already being done by folks on the ground fighting for equality across the county in North Carolina. We want to keep using this podcast to connect people with actions they can take in their community. That's why we're asking our listeners to share ideas with us about any issues that you want to see discussed on the show or organizations you see doing the work that we could reach out to you to help folks learn how to get involved. If you have any ideas to share, send them over to gsointheknow at gmail.com. That's GSO in the know, just like the title of the show. <laughs> and be and be a part of our journey. Um, we're all kind of trying to figure out the political landscape and helping in other ways outside of that. And love to hear from other people and other perspectives on work that needs to be lifted up. There's so much work to be done. And I'm hopeful that we can use this podcast as a platform to connect people within Guilford County 
to the issues that matter to them. But thank you all for joining us on this journey. Um, it's really been an amazing uh, thing to take part of. And thank you, Emily, for uh, hosting with me and helping as we put this plane together, as we continue to fly. Uh, I want folks to enjoy the holidays. Deep canvas your uncles where you can. And we'll see you next year for more GSO in the know.